welcome to another episode of GameSpot After Dark. This is episode 6. Uh, my name is Lucy James. I will be hosting this week. I'm joined by Jacob Decker. Hello. I'm not hosting this week because I was at the DMV and I didn't think I'd make it back in time. But we are glad that you are here. How was the DMV? I waited in four lines, which mm-hmm. I think isn't bad for the DMV, but I also got an appointment. This sounds like the British dream. Just four lines? standing in queues. <laughs> queues, yeah. Uh, yeah there's queues. lots yeah. of queues. And, and they, you, they give you that piece of paper with your oh. number on it. They're like, F. Zero, two, great game. Two, please come to <laughs> station. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna take a while, but I made it. Got you that, did. got that real ID. Well, hopefully in a couple weeks. Ooh, shit, can't have that fake stuff. Uh, Michael Heim. What to do, baby? Hey, bud. Hi. Uh, Ben Pack. From Hi. What's Hello. up? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. In the studio that I come in every week anyway for. Yeah, you know how to operate the studio better than all of us. I speak into the microphone. (laughs) And John Luxaiki. Hello. Hello. Uh, Well, welcome everyone. I thought we'd kick off with the regular segment, the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. We really need a jingle. Chris, 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 Chris. Chris? Chris, come on! <laughs> you invite me in here as your guest, and then you don't go along with my bits. I was staying quiet was... so we could get a clean recording, oh, a clipping oh, okay, of that. Okay. That oh, was John Luke had my back. <laughs> that was way better than Tamora's from last week. Yeah. I heard. I, was, I really wanted to run up, one up his. I, I don't know. His was like da 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 Chris, <laughs> or he like whispered. It was really bad. Da 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 da, da. Chris. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, it was. Like, oh, that's what. That's hella wet. I'll do that. Who are you, Ben Pack? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I let's thought, not let's not get too introspective yeah, here. But no, I uh, so I saw I saw this question uh, in a it, mm. in the document that mm-hmm. you're looking at right now, and it, it made me like really think about it because like I don't have Facebook anymore. I don't use dating apps anymore. I'm in, in a long term relationship. I don't go to a lot of parties, so I haven't had to like sell myself <laughs> to somebody in a in a really long time. Whoa. So, I mean, like, in a, yeah. well, also in a literal sense, I haven't done that either. <laughs> when was the last time you updated your LinkedIn? Oh, boy. It was probably midway through my last job. It's yeah. still the, like, we had, a, my, we had my friend come in and it was like, he was a photography student. And he's like, all right, I'm going to, this was at a really bad company that I worked at a few companies ago. And he was like, you know what? I had an idea of how to waste a day. I'm going to get my friend in who's a professional like photographer to come do headshots for everyone. <laughs> and I already talked to the CEO. And she loves the idea. So we just spent a whole day like setting up a light room studio in there and everyone just doing headshots. And mine's just like, you know, I'm like holding my chin and looking <laughs> off into the distance and shit. It was a great way to waste a day. But that was probably the last time I did it. Hmm. So who am I? I am a tall guy who lives in the Bay. Mm. I'm a lifelong Bay Area resident. Who do you work for? Not many of those. No, it's true. Uh, I work for a website called giantbomb.com. You may have heard of us. We do something called the Giant Bombcast, another podcast you can listen to when you're done with this one. Good plug, good plug. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's probably the other way around. They probably listened to that, and now they're coming over again. Well, I don't, I don't want to come on your podcast and be like, yeah, you guys already know, or anything like that. Well, well, it's after dark. I mean, I imagine most people, you know, they just got home after a long day. They poured themselves some wine like you've got. And... Yeah. 
What, what time does this go up on Friday? Like 9 a.m. Yeah, it goes <laughs> up right in the morning. Well, I mean, that is technically after, after dark. Because like, hey. what happens after dark? It's the morning. You listen to yeah. it. Nice. Damn. I didn't, I didn't come to this podcast expecting such revelations. Dog, it's, it's <laughs> mind deep, benders. Put, put me on. We're going, we're going in. Uh, but yeah, you know, I like, I like video games. I like, That's my brand. Oh, yeah. That is James your brand. I'm sorry. James. That's all right. Lucy James. Um, there is there is like at least three other people girls on twitter who have like some version of lucy blank games um, that i've seen but none of them are like a, a none of them are like wordplay well no i mean i'm very fortunate in that my surname rhymes with games right but there's like i've seen a couple one was pointed out to me today because i scrolled past it and i thought oh this is a tweet i didn't remember getting this notification. oh it's not me <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it's fine there's enough branding to go around what kind of games do you like, Ben? Boy, that's a great question. That's a, that's something I've been spending a lot of time thinking of because so, so I started at Giant Bomb like a little over two years ago, and it was suddenly this thing of now my hobby is my job, mm. right? And so that kind of has you take a different perspective on video games. It's like, well, I have to play some for work that I would never try otherwise, and that's opening some doors. Like, uh, I I. I was never I would have never been like a PUBG guy or or an Apex guy before working with some coworkers who are really into that game. So now suddenly I'm like playing Apex. I don't know every week. Um, professionally. Professionally, yeah. I've joined the Phase uh, Clan. They're giving me three hundred dollars wow. for <laughs> twelve months. I think I can make it. Um, <laughs> was uh, it? Didn't it come out that the Overwatch League like hadn't paid some people? Have for, they like, not? There's been a lot of like, yeah, of like esports isn't months. paying me stories <laughs> yeah. coming out lately that you have to wonder about a lot of these orgs. You guys remember that like Kotaku article from, I don't know, like four to six months ago that was basically like the esports bubble's about to yeah. burst. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, so esports, I guess. Yeah. That's something I've always been interested in competitive games. Mm -hmm. Um, ever since like Starcraft one, I was really hardcore into a game called Majesty. Anyone ever play Majesty for the PC? Mm -mm. It was nope. this RTS where you couldn't actually control the units, but you had to like set bounties on things. It was a really weird, complicated game that like I definitely got at CompUSA for fifteen dollars <laughs> and got really into. Um, so nowadays, I, I play a lot of games like that. I, I'm a I'm big into fighting games. Yeah. Um, you know, it was fun talking to Michael about Evo. Hey, uh, we had a 30 minute opening segment on the Bombcast yeah. about Evo, and people were like, What the, what the <laughs> hell is y'all talking about? Oh, uh, it's the worst time of the year for Bombcast fans who don't like Evo <laughs> or Dota. Or like, the international, those, right? Yeah, those, like, they're a week apart, and they're like the two things I'm most passionate about. <laughs> hey. um, which is fun for me. Uh, but yeah, I, I play a lot of Dota, I play a lot of uh, Overwatch. Uh, hell yeah. Yeah. I think I, we played together once did we I even do we that meant to the, the, the was issue intent. was, was uh, i was on pc mm -hmm. you guys were on console yeah. it was a whole thing. but i have my pc set up now no cross okay. play huh no the, Shut oh, up, jake the <laughs> obvious solution is we just need to get it on switch and become yeah. hardcore switch games. <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm, speaking of uh i tweeted this out earlier but the, 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 the controller. <laughs> oh my god oh i just saw that before i got in here so yeah you can get a uh Overwatch Nintendo Switch Pro Controller and they've it would be great if they just didn't put the character figures on there but they've put D.Va smack bang in the middle right there and the home button and the screenshot button are just on her tits Bink. 
My favorite thing was that uh, someone tweeted uh, me back saying it's like putting a round boob through a square button, and I was like, "That's just that's yeah, because very like, good, very good." <laughs> it's weird because it's like it's like um, they're not. It's like just close enough. Like it's not like I'm really close. This isn't a video podcast. <laughs> it's like a weird thing of like they're very inappropriately placed, but it like if you look at it for too long, it's just a little awkward and yeah. just like it, and they're square. Like you mentioned, it's it's uncomfortable. Also, they did it to Reaper too, so it's oh. it's not just oh. it's not just Diva. So it's on his on his nipples too. Yeah, but his character's kind of off to the side a bit oh. where she's more square. On. Damn. Why didn't they just put the Overwatch logo and just? Make him a color that or you resembles put like, 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 or like the put her Diva's in the mech or yeah. like Diva's yeah. her bunny. The icon. bunny's on the um the grip. Oh yeah, well. it is on the. It it just kind of smacks like we need to get more of this branding on there. Let's I'm just looking throw at everything of Diva. I'm looking at like that is a choice. Yeah. yeah, someone said, "Yup, let's do that." Yeah, that had to go through several layers yeah. of like <laughs> managers and stuff looking at that. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what we've been playing. Uh, Jake, what have you been doing? Uh, well, speaking of crossplay, I've been playing Gears 5, and man, crossplay is a mistake in that game oh, because yeah. if you're really? playing on Xbox, like, if you get matched and there's someone playing PC, you can tell right away because the kill oh. can, and you've got someone speeding through, like, it's, it's not good. But apparently if you play ranked, there's a setting that you can check off to play, like, oh, I only want to play against console people, mm -hmm. but you can't do that in casual. And I'm not going to play ranked in Gears because John Luke and I tried that and we just got wrecked. And no. I was like, all right, this my, is no fun. My favorite part about the difference between Gears casual and ranked is they just took the shotgun out. Like, uh, that's the big difference. <laughs> what, like, yeah. what separates casual people from hardcore Gears? Get rid of that shotgun. Because that is, that is like the Gears meta. It's like roadie run shotgun. And it's right. been like that since Gears 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And John Luke's right. They're just like, well, how do we make this more casual, I guess? So just take out the shotgun. How it's are you fun. finding Gears overall? I like it a lot. Uh, the 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 campaign has me very interested, which I was surprised because four was so I don't know, it was just dull. Gray. Yeah, it was just pretty dull. This game, I mean, it's colorful in terms of just the mm -hmm. palette, but it's also they they take way more risks with both the story, the structure. Uh, I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, the multiplayer is fun. There's a lot to this game. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I was never really a big Gears. Person it's probably won't change your mind. Really? A gear? Is that what they called? No, nah, I have no idea. But yeah, <laughs> they should be. I had a friend of mine explain it as like it's um so so I I'm not a big gears person either, but um you know there's like a bunch of kind of newish characters, younger characters. Like mm. Mm, I don't know if they're all children of the gears people or whatever, but you know it's like obviously a clear age gap between like the mm. old school gears cast and the new. And somebody described it as kind of like. It's Gears of War Boomers versus Millennials edition. <gasps> yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> okay. The, the, I did the, see... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, do, I saw the... Um, someone did a Reddit thread the other day of what do you think this generation is going to be known for? Uh, and instead of being boomers, we're going to be doomers. <laughs> because we're all just miserable nihilists. That sounds great. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'd be down to be mem remembered as the doomers. <laughs> the doomers. <laughs> Doesn't sound bad. Because we're like doom. 
Yeah. Didn't turn so, uh, his face. So, so like soon. Marcus is still in it, but he's still saying the exact same lines he said like from <laughs> the original <laughs> game. So shit like, and die. He's like, oh hell, down in front. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they paid to re-record those, or is it just? I think some Ooh. are at least from the multiplayer and I like think horror. I think original. some are ripped straight wow. from the original. Wow. I respect that. Be- well, they also have the new characters. They say the same lines too. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's just like the four lines that every Gears character says. Oh my god. Did you see um Crowbcat did that really good video about Gears 5? Just called It's called Gears 5 Lacks Weight and Intensity and it's a pretty much speechless video. I love their stuff. Yeah, and they get um just footage of Gears 5 but then use footage from older Gears and just talk about, you know, game feels very different, the camera shaking, there's not enough weight, there's not enough into I'm mean, just repeating his the uh YouTube title here, but it's just really cool. You, you can see enemies um where the enemies vanish after a while oh, in the new gears, but they didn't in the old gears, yeah. and you could sort of like play with the ragdoll a bit. And then they had the little um, intercut bits from the developers, from Cliffy and everyone, talking about, well, this is what makes it a gears game. And then like this is not. Yeah, I, I mean, I wonder if part of that is just because a lot of people have, you know, you're pretty outward that they're tired of the very yeah. heavy like. Tanky, I guess it's not. It's not tank controls, but yeah. you know, controlling Marcus. These boys got on. beef on them. Yeah, yeah it's like, some, it's some like chunky boys. Dudes. Yeah, and like you see the 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 screen shaking mm. ground move every time he like steps. It's like, all right, yeah. Marcus is a big dude. All these guys are yeah. big dudes, and now we the get main it, character big. Is, <laughs> is Kate, which is the opposite of that. We get it. You're delicate. No. You got Baird though. He's a scientist. He fills out that lab code. Bar- <laughs> Barrett's all in the game. Well, uh, Baird's yeah. He's yeah. He's, okay. Yeah, he's a scientist. Okay. He's got no hair though. Yeah, but oh. he's like swollen and like his lab coat is all filled out. Ooh, like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. it's like I think in three or two you meet Marcus's dad and he just looks like Marcus, but he's in a lab coat. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Baird was Marcus's dad for a sec because he oh, looks really? like the exact. Yeah. He's got the same beefy build. Yeah, buff, buff guy in a lab coat who only they works out and like, like finds ways to make new chainsaw guns <laughs> or robots that help you scan things. That's, that's what you do. Uh, that's you that's do part that. three of their job description. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Jack. Yeah. So you've been playing Gears. Anything else? Uh, I had something else written down, but I don't remember what it was. You Greedfall. 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 Oh, yeah. I figured that would probably be a good thing to mention because people are interested in that game. I'm not wild about it. What is it? It is like <laughs> a two th- mid 2000s Bioware game. See, but but, uh, but you're, you're, not, you're not saying that in a good way. <laughs> that's the thing. So, yeah. so it. The, uh, to be fair, I've only played about five hours, so maybe it gets better. Uh, maybe the story is more gripping. I will say the setting is awesome. Uh, some of the characters are interesting. Some of the different threads I find interesting, but the combat is really floaty. The mm. the the story itself hasn't really grabbed me. Uh, it, I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see what people think of this game because to me it just feels 10 years too late. Um, but you know, people really miss old school Bioware games, and maybe this will itch that, scratch that itch, itch that scratch, itch that scratch, itch that scratch, itch that scratch. Ooh. So, so I'm curious to see what people think. But I, I, I was really excited for that game, and then I started playing it, and I was like, I don't know if I want to play a hundred hour long game like this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I had been hearing buzz about it as well, and then um, Vinny. Uh, Giant Bombs Vinny is is playing it and kind of expressed the same like it's just like he's like I'm, does some something like has to open up or change about it because what's there isn't really 
Yeah, like the, the what I've played so far, I keep waiting for that big moment, I guess, to really pull me in. Like it's one thing I talk about with The Witcher. That's one of my favorite games, but it took about ten hours before I really got into it. Mm. Uh, and part of me is kind of like, well, maybe I just need to keep playing to get to that point. But the other part of me is like, but I don't know if I want to stick with this combat for a hundred hours. I don't know if I want to stick with all these characters for. I don't know if it's a hundred hours. It could be shorter than that. Um, but yeah, I, not wild about it yeah. so far. That's a shame. But there's romances though. People there are, are romance. People are excited about that. Yeah. So is there like a Paragon Renegade meter? No, thankfully okay. no. But but your choices still have a pretty big impact apparently. And one thing that I was interested in is if you piss off your teammates or your squad too much, they can just up and ditch you. They're like, all right, peace. I'm tired of your shit and leave. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to see how that would play out. Mm -hmm. um, and I've done some of the uh, like loyalty missions, I guess, just taken from Mass Effect 2, right? Mm -hmm. I've done some of those. And when you complete those, it's like your bond goes up. And sometimes you make decisions and you see your bond drop. So I'm kind of curious to see how that would play out. Um, but to, if it seemed, I was reading some of the reviews in progress. Sounds like people are enjoying it. So, I mean, more power to them. I'm just, it's too many They're games. They're just wrong. Yeah. There's too many games. And it's like, I don't know if I can get into this right now. Yeah. It's a lot of games right now. Yeah. yeah. Long games too. Long games too. Yeah. Michael, what have you been playing? Ooh, speaking of a lot of games, I finally had a weekend where I can dedicate myself to play a bunch of stuff. I did get hop on Game Pass because I, you know, it's two dollars and I could play Gears, Gears Five so, over so the you weekend. Took a break from Final Fantasy fourteen. I did not. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, more on that later. Uh, but yeah, can you his mic, please. Yeah. Wow, the disrespect. <laughs> the, the anime corner. Hey, listen, listen. I got, I got some things to share. All right. Uh, but I, I started and finished Control in three days. Hell yeah. Nice. I, don't know, I don't know how much y'all talk about Control on this podcast. We talked about Peter's it review. a fair so bit. We, we talked a lot about it when Peter was on. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about it here and there just because of yeah. spoilers. Yeah, yeah, Jean-Luc yeah. hasn't finished it. I'm, yeah, I won't, two I'm not, not going to be like yeah. talking about theories and shit. You know what I'm saying? But that game, I, I you know, I, I like Remedy. I still think Max Payne 2 is my favorite Remedy game. So mm -hmm. I, I went into Control without not knowing much about it. I know that Rob played it, and I know that Peter played it. That's a re really in joke, but uh, yeah, I went into it was like, hey, everyone's talking about this. It seems like it would be a nice uh, cruise. And boy, I was that's a that's a ride. That game is wild. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it, and it was it ended right when I thought I was done. Like I'm, if this goes on any longer, mm -hmm. totally, it might drag on a little bit, mm -hmm. but. It ended, and, and you can kind of figure out when it's going to end based off of like your upgrade tree sure. and how many powers you get yeah. and stuff. Like I feel like they coasted into it nice. Yeah, and one thing I will say about Control is Casper Darling, Ooh, homeboy yeah. can get it, uh, dude. <laughs> Woo! Man, Casper, Ooh, that's probably my favorite new character of the year so far is Casper Darling. I'm that, right there with you. Mm -hmm. That dude is dope. He is. <laughs> oh, the lat the last video from shirtless. Him that you see. No, don't say anything. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. I immediately, I immediately went on YouTube just to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, so, so one thing I noticed playing Control, where I read every single document mm -hmm. I found multiple times <laughs> to try to figure everything out. Then I go to Gears and pick up a document, and I'm just like, Yeah, and, I have the same uh, feeling. Uh, uh, like, the, con no one can see this, but Control's way up here, and then Gears is like supplementary. I don't know, text oh, dollar. Sure. Right, Marcus right. got his because, rag. Yeah, <laughs> There's like literally one like that. And I'm just like, ah. there, There's something really satisfying about, because you're like learning how it works. So at the beginning of Control, you go through the uh, like security and you find the thing where it's like, hey, don't let any smart devices in. Don't let any number two pencils in. Don't let mm -hmm. any scissors in. You're yeah. like, oh, that's wacky. But then you find stuff later where it's like, 
that's why they don't let smartphones in. That's why they don't let scissors in. And you're like piecing it together. Yeah. That, that whole something like really sad. Yeah, that yeah. whole that whole world feels e- extremely thought out. Yeah. Like totally. They, they, every single piece matters in control. Like that world and other worlds have been more thought. Like it's <laughs> remedy is I don't know. They 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 yeah. know what's up. And uh, was it one other thing I was to say about control? Uh, oh. It takes place all in one building. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to go through offices for 15, 20 <laughs> hours. I did feel a little worn out of that setting, but they they do make it work in that, mm-hmm. like with all the shifting stuff. And yeah, there is something fascinating about workplaces in video games and how they're represented and the stories that they tell around basic ass cubicles and office spaces. I think that's very fascinating. Yeah. And I really like that control leaned into that and did something very interesting with a fairly bland setting. Cause like a- any gameplay you look up, it's like, I don't know, I'm in a power plant reactor underground. And yeah. then mm-hmm. the rest of the game I'm fighting in atriums and offices, mm-hmm. but you know what is they, they, they make it work. It really f- actually feels like an office rather than just the setting of an office because of all those pickups you get because of all the like book club reports and yeah. you know, just like all the That's like cool, yeah. office politics and shit that you're reading about. <laughs> and then there's one sequence towards the end where it like really locks in that kind of office feel. And I was just like, man, this is sure, yeah. the most interesting video game office since Counter-Strike. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. CS office. Hey, yeah. There's a, really, the there's a really good note where you find out they're like, just because uh, the room keeps shifting and you can't find your desk doesn't mean you get paid overtime. Yeah. <laughs> there's posters on the wall, they're too. Like, so doesn't mean you can be late to meetings. Yeah. Like, that's. This that's... is one guy who's like complaining about how like the bathroom went missing like three oh, weeks yeah. ago. And he's like, I didn't get a desk job just so I have to go to the, a different floor. Yeah. Find it. Hey, FBC need to unionize. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> My favorite one was there's just a, a throwaway document in there that doesn't tie into anything else, but it's about Korean fan death and how it's real like the, the rumor that if you go to like uh-huh. there's a big rumor in korea i don't know how many people believe in it but enough do that if you go to sleep in a room with the doors and windows closed and a fan on you'll suffocate yep and like fans in korea come with a timer so you can't like accidentally fall asleep with it on and stuff like it's that series of a thing but it's like oh yeah that was a fucked up altered fan that like killed somebody and i was just like yeah this is great for me and like six other people hell yeah, <laughs> I, love this shit. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have a lot of other games to go through so i'll try and get through them quick uh catherine full body yeah uh, mm-hmm. i haven't finished it but I, I played catherine classic on pc earlier this year and i've been playing full body and i played a chunk of that you know it's catherine with an extra character but the thing is with i I like Rin as a character. She's the third, mm. or well, it's complicated. U a t h r i n. Listen, it, it's it's complicated. And I don't think they got it entirely right, and I'm sure a lot of people will agree with me. This is also like if you don't know, Catherine is from the Persona team. So between Persona Four and Five, they made Catherine, and Full Body is the definitive edition with a lot of new content, and they they try and make good on including Catherine as a character, but I don't know if it which one. Q Rin. Catherine. Oh, Rin. Rin, 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 Rin. Rin. Sorry, sorry. Rin. And uh, I don't I don't think they, they did entirely right. I do appreciate the effort mm-hmm. that they bring with Rin. It does feel out, out of place at, at certain times. Because, like, if you think about it, if you're going to insert a new character, that's a lot of work to... You're not going to redo scenes that are already there. Or if you do, it's going to be very selective. Mm-hmm. So in many ways, Rin feels... I wouldn't say out of place, but I can see the ways in which, hey, we need to we need to add Rin to this scene. Totally. So it's very noticeable. It's that doesn't like necessarily detract from the experience, but 
it is it is noticeable. Do you, you think also, that's because I, it's so fresh in your mind? Because you played that that too, maybe. Mm. Yeah. You yeah. do have to go kinda out of your way to get a lot of the Rin stuff. You know, like if, sure, if, yeah. if you really want to like pursue her ending or something, it's not as like original Catherine is very much like you have two choices K, K Catherine or C Catherine. What do you choose? Yeah. And then there's like some moral ambiguity in the middle there. This feel full body feels like the same thing, but then also kind of off in the distance. There's this sure, other character. Yeah, yeah. Like Rin, Rin is a very good character. It's just, it's not as. Oh, like maybe nuanced is the word, but it, like Catherine as as a game is very dirty. It is Filthy. wild. It's uh, extremely horny. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. I, I, you know, what I'm saying like, but Rin is um, it's uh, it's like it clearly the good choice, and mm. it, it like going with that character is it, it doesn't. I don't think it meshes entirely well with the themes of Catherine. But you know, I like that uh, that character is in there, and there's for the most part they get it right. There are some dialogue choices where I'm like. That's not it. Like, ooh, you, missed the, you, you missed the mark on that. There's a very early scene in like the first two hours where I, I, I wrote an article about the, or I wrote something about this and I didn't publish it. And I was like, I don't, I Why? don't have the, the entire. The gamers would love that. <laughs> ooh, listen, <laughs> hey, the, 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 ga gamers. the gamers need to sit down. <laughs> oh boy. I heard the localization team changed up some things. Yeah, they did. Uh, the localization team did a lot of work for Full Body and I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, you know, but when you, this is a, a Catherine touches on some very touchy subjects and it's very hard to get it 100% right. And I don't think they got 100% right, but I do appreciate the effort they did. So, you know, mm. uh, but I'm still making it through that game. I think, well, real quick, while we're still on full body, uh, I have to, as somebody who came to Catherine for just purely like the gameplay and puzzle aspects, like that was my favorite part of Catherine. Uh -huh. I'm, fr I'm friends with some people involved in the, you know, like competitive Catherine community. Yeah. It is a shame how bad the online is in that oh, I for the competitive I have yeah. played about I I tried queuing up for 20 games three of them completed wow without a disconnect it was just like booty butt tier <laughs> online just I mean absolute uh, you know that's something that can be fixed Sega and P Studio don't exactly uh, they don't shine in multiplayer games no. so I, I can kind of see why but like it sucks happen. because this was like a big point that they're making right. even in the original you couldn't even play local multiplayer without finishing, finishing the, the game yeah so they, they give you the competitive mode right off the bat and that's yeah. really cool but uh, the online a little sus it's, you know what I'm saying yeah I'm hoping for some sort of yeah. performance patch for the people who are really into that game when it comes to straight gameplay they do some really cool thing I think remix yeah. mode remix Mode's cool. Remix mode is cool. Yeah. Makes you think a little different about the same puzzles that you've done in the other game. So. They adjusted some of the power ups, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. So would you, would you recommend people play the new one, full body, or the original? I'll play full body. Full body. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more complete okay. game. Mm -hmm. So I uh, played the first one when it came out, I think. Uh, and it's been forever, and I was excited for full body, but like I said earlier, too many games. <laughs> too yeah, many yeah, games. I, I totally understand. Uh, I, the Somnium Files, um, this is going up on Friday, so I can talk about this game. Is the new game from uh, the Zeroscape director, Kotaro oh, Uchikoshi. Shit. I've been playing it. It's visual novel type stuff, but it's more investigative than Zeroscape because you play as a special agent who's investigating murders. I'm fairly early into the game, and I can only talk about up to day two. But I, I can see how this is an evolution of uh, Uchikoshi-san's uh, vision that he didn't necessarily have with portable games. Mm. You know? Zeroscape is all originated on like handhelds, but now it's like, hey, I have more resources. I'm building this for legit consoles. So uh, there's some weird dialogue in that game that was like, 
Ooh, you didn't need to say that, but uh, that that's a choice, well, I guess. But I think those games live and die by how much you're intrigued by the mystery. Gotcha. And of course, you don't get that until you make it towards the end of the game. So I'm gonna reserve judgment. And I've been I've been following that game since it was announced. I've interviewed Uchikoshi-san like four times. I've inter interviewed Iris Sagan, Aset, who is the virtual idol that's in the game. Apparently, she's a real entity or spike chunsoff is treating her as she has her own twitter account she's on youtube it's wild <laughs> wow. yo it's 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 some some shit but uh i'm playing that game and i'm interested to see where it goes because i've been following also like i said final fantasy 14 stormblood still playing that and one thing i will say i talked about this on the bombcast um that final fantasy 14 does a really interesting takes on what Rebellion looks like uh, mm. from a political standpoint and also makes me think about colonialism in very interesting ways because Stormblood is distinctly Asian. The Doman people are basically like Japanese people mm. in this game. And for me, I look at this and a lot of the architecture and a lot of the environments look like the Philippines also. And I think about, you know, the Philippine history and how colonialization has impacted the Philippines and my ancestors and uh, things like that and it's not just hey we're the heroes of this world and we're going to rally up everyone to rise against the right. the, the uh, colonizers like the very obvious evil bad guy <laughs> yeah they don't know? final fantasy 14 doesn't do that they dig into the themes of a lot of people choose either to live oppressed or like if you go to someone and ask them like hey you have a 90 percent chance of dying if we rise up against the colonizers or you can continue to live your oppressed life mm. under their rule. Like, what the hell choice do you have? And it, Stormblood goes into that. And mm. I appreciate that a lot. And it makes me think about the things that I learned about my own history. And mm. I'm, like, cool. I'm getting mad emotional up in there, man. So one kind of cool thing about Greedfall, though, I will say, kind of judging or uh, jumping back on this, is sure. that one of the big themes in that game is colonialism. Like, mm -hmm. the whole point is that you visit this, this island they're uh, colonizing. And... Like I said, I haven't gotten super far, but some of the narrative seeds that they plant seem like they could lead to some interesting sure. places. Yeah. So I mean, like if if that is something you're into in in uh in Final Fantasy, like maybe Greedfall would be yeah. would interest you. Cool, mm. cool, yeah. And uh, so yeah, Stormblood is about that, and yeah, but like Dome people are clearly these are Japanese people, but mm. uh, the Philippines has shares a lot of that similar history that is kind of being channeled in Stormblood and I I don't want to finish it but I do need to finish it because I need to get to Shadowbringers legit mm. so I'm working on that oh yeah because uh, you used the boost first yeah, time, right? or when it launched Filthy yeah. booster. Yeah, cheater. Hey, uh, you know what I'm saying alright uh, real quick <laughs> moving before, on <laughs> sorry uh, I started watching Fire Force because I finally found the number one waifu uh, Maki Oze from Fire Force Ooh, oh my god she swole She's like a former, she's a former army soldier and then she joined the fire force and she's buff as hell, dog. And I'm like, yo, she can suplex me through a table. Uh, <laughs> Shirobako I started, which is really yeah. interesting. It's an anime about an anime studio and you might, it, it's cute and all that, but you might think, oh yeah, that's, that sounds funny, but it's, it's really good. It's very real because it's about the pressures of working in your passion job it, it's, it yeah. very clearly Ooh, relates to a bit real game yeah it's yeah. very real it's like if anime fans had to make an anime it's an anime about if anime fans were getting paid to make anime and all the like i like it it's like such a cheery idea to start and then the realities of it yeah. like come crashing down and on it, them they, they 
a lot of it touches on work-life balance crunch yeah is very much oh thing. yeah and like how many ways something can go wrong along the production line mm-hmm. it's so it's, it's very dialogue heavy the so feeling of like having something out of your hands you know it's yeah. like yeah it's it's a really good it's like honestly a really good show for like uh another show i recommend that along the, these lines is like mission hill it's a really good show for like people who like have imposter syndrome, you know, or like people like a lot of millennials who just like come into this, this job that they like a lot of millennials working jobs that they feel underqualified for, that they feel like they don't deserve that mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, like they don't know what they're doing, but like that kind of sense of like, no, this is where you're supposed to be. This is what you're passionate about. Do it and you can do it. And mm-hmm. this, it's, it's really like, it's really heartwarming. Yeah. It's like, it, it never made me like cry or anything, but I, the whole time I'm watching, I'm just like, I'm really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, make that anime. <laughs> yeah, I'm really into it because I've been trying to look for anime that's more about adult life than... Yeah. I'm Getting kind of tired bar- of hentai. <laughs> oh! I never said that. How dare you? How dare you? I've never said that. He will Listen. never tire. Well, I, I'm not going to get into it. I will not get into it. But I, I have feelings about hentai. Anyway. Yeah, but- I think we all... This is a safe space. We all have feelings about it. Let's get into it. The listeners aren't ready for this, but uh, yeah, Shooterbox is cool because I'm kind of burnt out on the high school slice of life thing mm-hmm. uh, for now. Uh, but Shirobako, you know, I'm looking for uh, anime about adult life. Speaking of live action and or anime about adult life, uh, live action anime Terrace House. I've been uh, watching that. Wait, which which one are you semi legally? Uh, the newest one, Tokyo. What 2019. do you mean semi legally? It's on Netflix. I've been watching it before it came out. <gasps> <gasps> Damn, <gasps> I can't say that. I can't say that. But yeah, I've been watching Terrace House. And there's mm, Haruka. So I've only seen the first part of this season, mm-hmm. which is uh, December 2017 or something at this point. Sure. So I'm really far behind. Yeah, but I uh, will say Chibasa. it's... it's uh, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, there's there's a, lot of, there's a lot of good oh. boys, a lot of, a lot of good, good boys and good girls. And I think the best girl is in this. Uh, I'm you know what I'm I, I've been talking to uh, Tam about it, and he's been getting mad at me because I'm spoiling it for him. So I'm not going to spoil it for... All y'all out there, but it's a very good season. And uh, uh, I, I have to cut you off. Tam sure. wanted me to say that he is the, uh, the 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 premier game spotter who is in the Terrace House. Oh, so he's Mr. House. Yeah, he's yeah. Mr. House. <laughs> wow. Also, Terrence. Uh, for probably everyone who's listening to this, what is Terrace? House? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is that's that's a good question. Terrace House is, man. You just it's a reality show where you just watch. I'll give you 10 seconds. Okay. okay. Uh, Japanese a, Big Brother, but they all like each other. There's no competitive. There's no real, there's no real drama. I mean, there's the, drama, the meat but it, incident. It's not manufactured. The meat incident was the one, the biggest drama, I would say. Oh, and maybe not suggestive at all. the end of Aloha State. Was. Oh, Aloha State was... Oh. <laughs> That's when they went to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. That answered nothing, except for that they went to Hawaii it's, for one of them. But all Japanese right. Big cool. Brother. There's three boys. There's three girls. They don't always have to be in the house. They um, are young adults who have their own careers and friends, and they go out. But most of them are there to find love. They're not there. Dying for. There's no like you know competitions or yeah. They don't win anything, or, but they okay. but they live in a beautiful house. Yeah. Like oh, I only oh watched the first yeah. season, but they play the ultimate game of yeah. life. Nice. Right? There's a love. Yeah. Uh, it's I guess enough about that, I suppose. And last thing I'll say is that I started Alan Wake because Control got me interested. In yeah. yeah, I did that. Uh, Phil started that today. That he tweeted, he was like, "Well, I'm into this." And I'm like, "I'm surprised it took you this long," because he's been going off in our spoiler chat like 
Phil is Mr. Mr. Control out yeah, there. He's, oh, he's, so good. Yeah. You guys yeah. excited about that DLC? Yeah, yeah. I want them to do some. some I really, I really like uh, the AEW thing, the Mm. last one. Like, like altered world of AWE, altered world event is obviously a thing from the game, but like all the stuff in there, all (laughs) the stuff in there about like bright. I mean, the the key art, the key art has the Alan. It's the key art for Alan Wake. so good. Alan Wake is Doctor Darley, also. Yeah, the whole voice. Mm -hmm. So. Like literally two or three days ago, Phil published uh, all the connections. Phil Hornshaw, yeah, he published all the connections, and he was like, "My, I, I think that there's gonna be an Alan Wake DLC." <laughs> yeah, two, two days, days later, before Alan Wake mm-hmm. DLC, and it's like, "All right, wow, let's go." Remedy saw that they're like, "Oh yeah, oh, that'd, be, that'd be a good idea." <laughs> change, change, it, change it, like restart. <laughs> yeah, like a Nostradamus looking ass out there, Phil Hornshaw. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh, and also the the foundation DLCs. I'm interested in because you go to yeah. the foundation. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, yeah right, keep it light. Come on, come on, relax. <laughs> well, two hours. All right, all right, all right. All right, Ben, what have you been playing? Uh, let's see. I wrapped up Control. I wrapped up like the last of the major side missions um, last night, actually, and that was fun. Um, there was just completely a ton of stuff in there that I would have missed otherwise. Um, but the main game, the game, I will. If you see me on the street, I will talk to you for an hour about is Remnant Rise from Ashes. Oh, I thought it was going to be Dota 2. I was expecting that's no. Dota 2. Because that's, that's the one that you week. have Please don't talk cast. an hour about Dota 2. That's but literally any other week. I can't say how much I appreciate that in our show running order, you wrote all caps, Dota 2, baby, and then in parentheses, we don't have to talk about this. Because, <laughs> I mean, that is answering the question of what I've been playing, but... Dota. Remnant. Uh, oh, well, real, real quick Dota anecdote. Uh, Thirty seconds. The only reason I got really back into it is um, a friend of mine who we used to play with. Kind of the core of our group. You know how you have like a gaming group of friends, and there's usually like a couple people in it that are really like the glue that hold the group together. Um, one of them, he hit rank like seven hundred in the world. This dude is like a really good, legitimately good Dota player. Mm. And like he kind of went and did his own thing. He's like, I'm just going to like solo grind. It's that anime scene where he's like, I'm going to go power up. I'll yeah. see you fuckers later. And he showed back up, Super Saiyan 3, and we're all just like, how the fuck did you do this? And so now we're all trying to grind to like even be able to play with them because there's like, you can't be so, you can't have your MMR be too far apart. Anyways. That's why I'm playing Dota again. It's bad. Don't do it. Don't ever do that to yourself. (laughs) But Remnant, holy shit, this game is really something special. Um, Has anyone else here touched it? No. Nope. I I installed it. it. So it's a game that makes a a a pretty like from a gameplay perspective, I think it makes a really strong first impression. Uh, Right out the gate. So this is the the next game from the people who brought you Darksiders Three. Ooh, a game that was, game? yes, yeah. a game that was like very kind of moderately like we eh, received, right? Yeah. Like a lot of like eh, at that game, and so I feel like they went into a room and said, "Okay, people didn't like our game. What what kind of game can we make that people like?" And somebody raised their hand and said, "Resident Evil Four Dead Souls, Dark Souls." <laughs> Resident Evil 4 Dark Souls. And then that guy got a promotion and got put in charge of making this video game. Because holy shit. So so Remnant, it's a third-person shooter. The gunplay is very much like a Resident Evil 4 thing. It does the thing of like if an enemy is charging at you and you shoot it in the shoulder, he will flip back in that direction. You know, a lot of like uh, contextual um, gunplay stuff. Uh, It feels fun to shoot and all that. Um... The, the other cool thing about it is, well, obviously, let's get it out of the way, Dead Souls, 
Dead Cells. Are you good? Dark Souls. <laughs> I'm doing good. Hold on. Hey, y- Yakuza Dead Souls out here, man. <laughs> I was just thinking about Dead Cells. Oh. Oh, How good that game. game is. Anyways, so there's some fairly fairly obvious Dark Souls comparisons. You've got an Estus Flask. There are bonfires. Enemies respawn after activating one of them. There's a misty door that you walk through and fight a boss. Um, uh, but the cool thing is it, it, it kind of has these randomly generated worlds. It's not like a roguelite where after you die, the world is again randomly generated. It's like it's seeded from the start. Mm-hmm. And that goes down to side quests. That includes bosses. Like there's straight up bosses on my playthrough that I'm never going to see. Uh, unless I like re-roll a character or hop into another person's game. And that's like maybe the best part about this game is it's multiplayer integration is just so good. Like they do the thing where, so it's squads of three. You can play with up to two other people. All loot, 100% shared. All guns you find, shared. Armor you find, quest items, everything. Just straight up 100% shared. Experience is shared evenly across all players. It scales very well. Like it scales both in like the amount of enemies that spawn and also their like damage and stuff. So it doesn't just feel like this like, Oh, suddenly I'm like a level 14 character coming into my level 50 character friends game and like not contributed anything. Yeah. They, they, they do a good balance of like making it more difficult all around rather than just like bullshit hard. Do you, um, do you have to do some wizardry to like play with other people? Because that's the one thing with Dark Souls, right? Is that you have to like draw a thing with chalk yeah, and no. then someone comes up to it. You can just join and you sit. straight up just join and, cool. uh, you know, it'll it'll pop you out at the next bonfire you sit at. Like if you join somebody in progress, you'll have to maybe wait a second for them to get to the the crystal or whatever they're called. Um, and the game's just like really fun. It really like I, I say Resident Evil Four um, as a comparison, just because that's an easy one to make. But also, you can tell that the people who made this game really have a love for that game. Down to there is the Chicago typewriter, which was a secret weapon in Resident Evil Four. There's yeah. a hand cannon in there that's straight out of RE Four. Like. Um, it also kind of has elements of like destiny like boss fights where it's almost like a raid where like uh so an example of a boss i fought was this big kind of ent looking guy who had these orbs that would float around him that would project a shield so you shoot the orbs down he'll go into like a an ad phase summon some enemies that you have to deal with while he recovers the orbs and then you shoot him so you know it kind of has that like uh, it's something you can definitely solo, but it also has that fun aspect of like you're all in Discord, you know, mm-hmm. t- like oh, okay, yeah, I'll get the ads. You guys focus the blah, 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 whatever. Um, and the, the the last thing I'll say about it is uh, a lot of people that I've talked to have played the game. I've kind of only played into the first area, which is this very like gray, boring, and I, and I love the game, but it reminds me a lot of Near Automata's open world. It's just kind of like these rundown buildings with some plant life in there. And it does a really disservice to the game because once you get through that area, it becomes this like, um, the level design almost reminds me of like Quake, like oh. classic Quake, like weird pyramids and mm-hmm. like floating skulls. So like my my character, uh, I have a gun that shoots out skulls and my melee weapon is um, a spinal cord attached to a skull that I whip around like a mace. <laughs> Hell yeah. And it's something like you would never see in the first 30 minutes of that game because it's just like, oh, is this like some cheesy post-apocalyptic? Like, you have people in the sewers who are like, I haven't seen the light for 40 years. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, I've played this game before. What's What else is there? Um, yeah, that sounds metal as f- yeah. yeah, this game is pretty f***ing metal. And it's it's just really fun to play. It's, it's up there with like, um, like, 
the gunplay in Destiny, Destiny to me is some of the best gunplay just in games. Like mm-hmm. they look and sound good and stuff. This to me is on that level, not in terms of like how the guns actually shoot and all that, but in the terms of like the way the environment reacts to you shooting, the way that like you can stagger a boss if you really focus in the fire on him and you yeah. like get a couple seconds or you know you'll you'll. Uh, like I said, like sometimes you'll knock an enemy down. And it's like, okay, this is my chance to like shoot him three or four more times. There seems to be a lot of variety in build. Um, I was looking, I, I've, I'm on my second character already. So I was just like, okay, like, let me just see from the start. There's tons of secrets. There's like a hidden weapon you can find that's super broken if you do this like puzzle at the beginning of the game that they put in there just because like hey if you know about this you've already beaten the game and you want to head start on your new character mm. so like it's a lot of stuff like that it's just really cool it's definitely going to be in my top 10 for the year um i hope they continue to add to it it's kind of nebulous if it's in early access or not it doesn't they don't actually say they are but they also said they're adding a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. because all games are services now and they have to oh, do yeah. that <laughs> But yeah, I, I would say check it out. It's fun solo. It can be a little frustrating. Some of the bosses can be a little overwhelming, overwhelming solo, but it's still worth, I think, checking out. It's it's only like 30 bucks, I think, too. So Remnant, Rise from Ashes, podcast pro tip. People like when you say the name of the game at the uh, end of the discussion, too, because oh, they sometimes tune out. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's wow. a good show. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. <laughs> uh, John Luke, I'm going to pop in before you because okay. you've been playing something that's like newsworthy and can the help us game of the week help us segue oh, into right. the the news topics Ooh, um because uh if you're calling it pop up it means you're not ready anyway um <laughs> i've been playing nothing because my mum has been here <laughs> uh yeah so i played a little bit of fire emblem i'm slowly but surely getting my way through that um i'm only in s- september i've i've just done the event that happens in september do you remember the 21st night of september Wow. <laughs> I was, was going to I was going to make a joke and I was like, nah, I'll let 20 all hers do it. no, my mom's been in town, which has been uh she doesn't like San Francisco. Uh, I understand. Don't blame her. I mean, yeah, no. I <laughs> yeah. Um so we've been kind of playing bits of Fire Emblem and then going out and about with her. So last week when we were recording and I had to leave cuz I was meeting them at the Cheesecake Factory. Did that? She loved the, the, the cheesecake one at the top of the Macy's. Yeah. Parents Square. do. Parents, that's parents the cheesecake love. To be fair, that's a beautiful factory. cheesecake factory because you have the view of Union Square down yeah. there. It's also, the pizza there surprisingly good. Oh, okay. Just gonna put che- that out there. Cheesecake factory makes it okay food. Like people well, like to shit on. I've had a Chipotle burger from there that was maybe top five worst things I've ever eaten. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. Sounds like you ordered wrong. Always got the steak, Diane. It's pretty good. Oh, actually, yeah, my uncle had that. I get the like thirty-eight thousand calories spaghetti carbonara that they make. It's like <laughs> if you're going the, to the cheesecake factory, you go all out. I think it's literally the most dent- calorie dense food item available at a fast casual restaurant. Oh, have you ever? Um, there's a place casual. in Vegas <laughs> called Oh, what's it called? That whole thing is that if you are over um, three hundred pounds or something, you eat for free. There's a, Hell yeah! I think it's called the Heart Attack <laughs> Grill. The? Oh, there's I've heard a, of that. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, a yeah. scale outside. Uh, and when you go in, all of the wait staff are dressed as doctors and nurses. When you order, because they have um, shakes that are just entire sticks of butter in there. And then when you order, they uh, write your thing down and then they tie it around your finger like you're a dead body and you've got a tag on your toe. That's dark. People have died there. Loads of people have How died there. How are they still there. in business? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It's uh, a hell of a way to go out. release yeah. when you walk through. Yeah. It's in Vegas. This is our guest list. This is our release. You'd have to sign both. Yeah. So Damn. that's what the Cheesecake Factory is like to me. Um, <laughs> no. And so, uh, but the one thing I have been keeping on top of. Your culture. The Great British Bake Off. Hell yeah. <laughs> I find it really, really strange that they clearly re-record the intro and do the redo the voiceover so that Noel Fielding says the Great British Baking Show. Yeah, that that definitely struck out to me. Yeah. Also, um, I don't like the intro bits. You don't like the bits? I don't love the bits. Oh. I think I think they are performed well. Mm-hmm. I think they're just a little too corny. Yeah, that's fair. I can I can see that. But um this season, because I also realized that when I moved, because it's coming up to a year since I've been here. On the 16th, I'll have been in America for a year. Wow. Congrats. And I missed that first season of Bake Off when I moved. And so I've just spent the week re-watching that last year's uh, season. And then also watching the new one. I Any standouts on the new season? Um... I'm I, sad that my, uh, uh, young stoner Jamie is out. Oh, <laughs> the dude who was obviously high during the entire yeah. production of the show and he didn't was like, know how to what, bake. Twenty. <laughs> the, the thing that gets me about Bake Off, especially when you watch the old ep- seasons along with the new, is that they are skewing so much younger with the contestants. They really are, and it's a lot kind less of a grandpas bit, and grannies. And I'm like, oh, I kind of, I kind of want at least one or two proper, you know. Grandmas. Wholesome grandmas. Wholesome yeah. grandma. I want some wholesome there's grandma. Always, there's always like a wholesome grandma or grandpa who is like, I've baked everything and yeah. I know how to bake all of these things. And mm-hmm. they're just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but new Bake Off. The guy who keeps cutting himself. <laughs> yeah, the really nervous guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a very I have a big soft spot. He cut him. himself twice on the first day. Yeah. Oh, bless me, <laughs> so nervous. Uh, anyway, that's all on Netflix. How, how many uh, how many sp- stodgy sponges has Paul Hollywood? How many soggy bottoms? Soggy has bottoms. He... Yeah, Paul Hollywood been designating. I don't know if there's been any soggy bottoms. He changed up his facial hair. It was really distracting to me. He got rid of the full beard, and now he's on only a goatee. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's that's fine. Paul Hollywood's the Guy Fieri of Great Britain. Sure. Sure. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a hell of a name, though. Yeah. Paul Hollywood. Sounds like a porn star, bro. It's incredible. In any other field, he'd be a joke. But in entertainment, <laughs> but in he is all ho- Or a wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> I miss uh, Mary, Mary Berry, though. Yeah. Her, I, Mary I Berry. like Prue, but... She's no Mary Berry. She's no Mary Berry. But Noel really, like, fucking hits it out of the park. I love... Yeah, because when he was announced, everyone was like, the mighty Bush guy? <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Uh, but I love him and Sandy together. He's so weird. He is so weird. I love when he talks to the the goth Indian lady because they have this like <laughs> obvious connection. They're like just like, yeah, we're goth and fucking. We're you. goth and we know. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's been my week, John Luke. Uh, I've been playing Borderlands Three. What's Ooh! that? The triple. Uh, it's a little, <laughs> little baby it's a small a little game. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, I don't think there's been much uh, buzz around it. Um, oh God, when we were at PAX. It was like Borderlands. Borderlands. There was like. Ads for that game everywhere. You could not escape it. And it was like, oh my God. And they did that. I, there's that. They have that brilliant marketing move where they just give everyone that stupid psycho mask. The mask. So <sighs> even if people aren't wearing it, they still have them on their backpack. Oh, still, so, so you yeah. see them could not escape everywhere. It. Every person there had a psycho mask on their backpack or on their face. It's like a cult. Yeah. That's what cult it feels of Borderlands. Like, yeah. So yeah, I've been playing Borderlands. I'm not done. I think I'm like two thirds of the way through the game. Mm hmm. I like it, but I feel like I have to say the caveat that I like the previous Borderlands games. Sure. There's sort of that thing of like, if you didn't like Borderlands before, 
this is isn't it really gonna... gonna change your mind because it's very much like Borderlands. It's yeah, uh, yep, I was about to say the exact same thing. Please invite me onto your podcast <laughs> so I can steal your jokes. <laughs> Have you been playing it? So I am not a Borderlands person because mm. I played the first two by myself, and that's just not. The ideal yeah. way to play that game, but I'm... I've been playing it by myself. But yeah, so how are you finding it, this one by yourself? I enjoy it by myself, but I also liked one and two by myself, so maybe mm. that's not <laughs> the best indication <laughs> for you. No, I mean, the thing is, is cause we're looking for a new game, a to, new replace, game to, play. to replace. Not replace, compliment Ooh. Overwatch. Okay, I mean, yeah. I think you'll have a good time playing it. Like, yeah. it, you know... It has all the things I think makes Borderlands really good. I think the shooting is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, the gun variety is a ton of fun. They've done a lot of really cool things this time around to make the guns even feel more different. How are the classes? Because that was always a big thing for me. And part of the reason I liked 2 less than 1, actually. Uh, the classes are great. I've been playing uh, Flack, who is a robot that has different three different pets you can pick from. Oh, cool, yeah. And at first I was like, eh, they're not as flashy as I maybe wanted. I was like, ah, I don't know. But then once I started really like investing into the pets and, and kind of like using them more where it's like, okay, like I can have my pet kind of like go attack this person while I'm sniping from a distance. Like I started to kind of like get more in the rhythm and it like felt like they just feel really satisfying to mm -hmm. use those classes. And then kind of talking with everyone else about their classes, like Amara, the siren sounds insane where she is just, uh, her whole thing is she just punches people to death. Hell with yeah. like many fists. As with well. like many fists. Uh she's like Zenyatta, except just uh <laughs> not just, a holy, yeah, not holy uh, monk. Latest. What about uh, the uh so, so this is the first Borderlands well actually I think maybe no, the pre-sequel. It's the third Borderlands. Well it, uh, it's the first one about Pandora, right? Yes, it is. And uh, and that that actually is like maybe my favorite thing about it is that the game does a really good job where it segments each story act around a planet and i feel like the second you're like eh, i'm kind of done with this planet or i'm done with a certain story it's like all right cool we're going to the next planet and then it has like a new story it, it's it's all one continuous story but there's like individual characters yeah there's individual like characters who are kind of like taking over this part of the story so it feels like it's constantly shifting and you're like all right i'm having new characters and new like dialogue and, and new environments and they even they, they'll have you go back to older places to do like side missions but it feels like there's a good like the second you feel like you're about to get bored it switches it up and i that's, really like that that's good it. to hear because i think one thing that i felt especially with, by the time I, you roll credits in borderlands 2 you're just so tired of pandora oh like, totally they, they yeah. did a good job in borderlands 2 of at least making it diverse i remember in the first one it was just all right, you got to a new desert area. Now you're at your next desert area. And I think two at least had like forests and I don't know, grass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this game doesn't have the strongest start where it is on Pandora. And it's like, first desert. thing you see is <laughs> Claptrap. And you're like, okay, oh, cool. No. So they have like Claptrap. But like after you get off Pandora, it's like Claptrap's still around, but he kind of isn't like involved heavily in the story anymore. So it's like, okay, they kind of like got out like the big borderlands things you know out of the way and then it's like all right cool let's get on to like the actual characters that are more interesting and say they literally got rid of uh, Clap Trap, am I right? <laughs> yeah they did no Lilith uh, plays a big role too right yeah yeah she's like the head of the crimson raiders so she kind of plays like a really big role that was something jordan talked about in his review that i agree with where they do a really good job taking the previous characters and really expanding upon them and making them feel like they have like a good character arc so if you were like attached to those characters which i know that's a big thing for a lot of Borderlands people is they get really attached to those specific mm. characters. Like, I think they do a really good job um, 
like giving those characters good arcs and, and every character, even if it's small, feels like they have a moment. Yeah. Um, and that like, that's really fun as someone who has played through the whole series. And it's like, Oh yeah, I remember that character. And like, I thought they were pretty funny or like I played as them in two and I get to see them again. And I think that's cool. I have a very important question. I have money writing on this. Okay. Um, you said you were like two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Has Claptrap dabbed yet? No. <laughs> he has. He's referenced dubstep. He did reference oh. dubstep again. Oh, he's like three cycles behind. I should have known. I should have known dabbing would be too new for I Borderlands Three. No, I don't think I've seen any dabbing. Fuck. Okay. Well, if you 100% the game, please no, refer back I'll, to I'll, me. I'll let you know. Yeah. Oh, hold on. How much money was... I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> so, so you for reals put money on that? I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> All right. To, to be fair, if someone was like, I'll bet you money that Claptrap is going to dab it. Like, I would take that back. Yeah, yeah, I would take that back. I would take that back. I, there was almost a moment in one of the trailers where he's like spinning around with his arms out and Jan and I were like frame by frame <laughs> going through. Like, is this a dab? Is this a dab? Oh. Is this a bet with Jan? Uh, no, that wasn't with Jan. Jan has my back now, and he's okay. also looking for the dab. I now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, I have not seen a single dab in that game. That is it's mm, too new. That's too surprising. new for Borderlands. <laughs> Dubstep is the joke. Wow. Well, to be Borderlands fair, Four will dab. <laughs> no, they're all about the Twitch streamer jokes now. Like that's the whole. Oh, oh my yeah, God. God. because games the, love that shit now. The bad guys are influencers. Or yeah, they're like influencers. They're like Twitch streamers, and they're like streaming to their followers about like. It's, it's like a cult and stuff. Um, it's all right. It's yeah. like it makes sense, but you're like, ah, I don't know. I'm kind of. I feel like that's a little dated at this point. Still, <laughs> no TikToks yet. Like, oh. That's where I was like, where are the TikToks? Where that's still vines? that's still too new. Yeah, TikTok yeah, is too new. new. Vine, Vine, Vine is, is dead, but it's They'd still be like too new. Barely getting into Vine by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Zach, stop. <laughs> Gonna get in trouble. God, we watched a really good Vine compilation last night. It was like rare and classic vines. Yeah. Mm. You, hit, you hit a good vine compilation. Yeah. Ooh, boy, it was 25 minutes. Hell Damn. yeah. And there was just a room full of drunk girls. <laughs> we were just watching vines. Yeah. A good vine compilation is like the dankest weed you can find. <laughs> it, really, it really is. I know <laughs> nothing about that. I know about that because my girlfriend was one of yeah. those who was there. And when she got home last night, she's like, it was great. We watched a Vine compilation. Yeah. <laughs> we ordered Taco Bell like, cool. and McDonald's and we time. watched Vines. And also Married at First Sight, which was a real trip. Mm. Uh, we have spent a long time talking about what we've been playing. Uh, and so in terms of news, story this, news stories this week, I mean, the biggest one. The monkey that pooped and also vomited on the Sea of Thieves. I had developer. not heard about this until I, you put yeah, it in. Yeah, oh, I no. it completely. So I think, so we record on a Wednesday. I think oh, this was yesterday. You, oh, no. <laughs> no. So the thing is, so Sea of Thieves is getting pets. However, that news was completely <laughs> overshadowed by the fact that they brought a live monkey onto their live stream. Because they obviously do these developer live streams. And oh, no. they had a monkey called Antonio. <laughs> Antonio. Um, he just goes from shoulder Antonio to shoulder. Got no respect. <laughs> Antonio. He gets who, full coverage. Yeah, and so Antonio um, sits on the community manager John McFarlane's shoulder, and then just straight up vomits. <laughs> yeah. And then it gets on his. So the thing is, is like I've seen the gifts because I think uh, the official CFTs account were you know tweeting out the gifts. That's it right there. That's it right there. Um, so Jake and I can watch I, it. I haven't seen it. Oh my god. <laughs> so you see the, spin, spin so you see the, the thing the on, his, on his cheek. It looks like he's wearing a mic oh, on bruh. his cheek. 
That's just a bit of fruit that Antonio Ugh, has just sure. thrown up on his face. Bro, that's nasty. And then the monkey Antonio, sorry, I'm referring to him as Antonio, uh, pieces out and goes onto his other shoulder and throws it. <laughs> it just like <laughs> falls out of his mouth, like it was yeah. like he was holding it in his cheeks. It's just like how did the how did the guy react? So the best bit is the way that he <laughs> doesn't, doesn't react. Like he is the most professional I've ever seen somebody get thrown up on. So my favorite thing is um, if you watch the guy next to I him. I used to work at a daycare. <laughs> the guy next to him, who's Joe Neat. If you watch this back, but in your head you're playing the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme tune, <laughs> that's what Joe's face is. Um, so yeah, he gets thrown up on twice, and then he kind of runs away in the studio for a bit, and then he comes back, and he just takes a fat dump on his shoulder. I never saw that. This is like the most like marketing idea ever. Like, what, I was gonna say, this what, is, can we, what can we do to liven this up? Let's get a monkey. What could possibly go wrong with a live monkey on a live stream? Dude, this oh. is the best thing to ever happen to Sea of Thieves. Like, this is like, <laughs> not, not even like a resurgence of like their success and their wide player base. No, it's the monkey shadow. Oh. <laughs> I'm showing the video. But he he takes it oh like a God. such a champ. Look, his shirt looks like he was eating at a fucking like all you can eat crawfish bonanza. I'm glad Except I'm on this side of the room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look at that. I'll send you some links later. <laughs> um, Thank you. But basically, that for me was just a reminder that games can be fun and good. And <laughs> it, rem like, it reminds you. Of, uh, did you go? Oh, Blue Peter's probably not a thing here. But it was this. Um, kids tv show i don't know if it's still going but it went on for like 60 years or something and they had they like they had dogs like tv show had actual dogs and pets and they had like t tortoises and stuff but they were always famous for this one bit where an elephant came on and an elephant just took a fat dump oh, <laughs> right like live on air them things are like 50 pounds too huh? yeah i think it was a baby elephant um oh. but still still big yeah sure um and yeah, it just it just kind of reminded me of that because it's a lot of lovely British people trying to just keep calm and carry on while the animals are just shatting, shatting everywhere. I mm -hmm. hope they put an emote in the game of like of oh. that because they're adding pets and they, that game has like emotes. And I know you can like vomit, like your character can drink yeah. too much and vomit. Mm -hmm. So like just take that tech, yeah, yeah. Apply it shrink to the, it down, <laughs> shrink it down. Um, but the thing about it is that uh, Antonio is fine. Oh, okay. oh, good. That's good. Um, Thank goodness. There was a statement provided to IGN uh, about on Monday's live stream where we provided details on our upcoming pirate emporium. We welcomed a squirrel monkey named Antonio to join the fun. We can confirm that Antonio is doing well, and we'd welcome the chance to have him at the studio again anytime. Oh, <laughs> but just not on our shoulders. But not on our <laughs> shoulders, and he has to pay for the dry cleaning. Damn. Shouts out to Antonio. Yeah. Future guest. Oh, <laughs> get him in. Get him in. So on your shoulder, not mine. Mm, no. <laughs> uh, I originally didn't have this news story in the original uh, sheet, run-through sheet. However, Michael just reminded me of it. Oh, is, are we talking about the KFC story already? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Before shit. that, <laughs> PlayStation man. adamantly saying that the X button is called the cross button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is, it, is that PlayStation Europe or is that PlayStation across I, the board or definitely UK tweeted that out? Um, I don't trust them. Don't I don't know. I saw. Them. You I heard saw the way this. she said beta. Yeah. Hey, I saw this on the BBC. This is how big <laughs> this news story wow. is getting. Uh, when the Beeb pick up on something like the that. Beeb? The that's Beeb. What she, that's what you all call BBC the back Beeb, home. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Sure. Yeah. PlayStation says you've been calling the X button 
This is according to Digital Spy. Um, <laughs> they've also written, our lives have been a lie. It's just okay. a button. It's not a <laughs> yeah, okay. cross. It's not a cross. It's an X. Dog, yeah. a cross? Uh, let me see. Not... It's, uh, this was PlayStation UK. If cross Fuck, is triangle, it. circle, cross, square. If cross is called X, brackets, it's not, then what are you calling circle? What? C circle. Circle. Like, what? Oh, oh, round? Yeah. <laughs> round. The round. Roundabout. Um, uh, round yeah. of boot. And then and then they um Graham Boyd from Xbox tweeted them saying cross cross sighted to see how this tweet works out for you and PlayStation UK replied with stick to cross box Graham. Wow. Ooh. Talking mad spicy on Twitter. Yeah. Damn, Twitter fingers going off out there. Don't get spicy about this. It's um, bullshit. It's an X. Yeah, it's an X, whatever. I'm going to keep calling it X. Yep. I think I, I saw people tweeting like I've worked at PlayStation for X amount of years and I've never once cross internally years, ever heard it called uh, <laughs> called a cross button. That's just weird. I'll get over it. I won't. My <laughs> life has been a lie. R.I.P. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk about KFC? Was oh, that the next story? That uh, is the uh, the next and final story. Oh boy! So KFC said we're making a dating sim visual novel for free. And I'm at first I look at this and say, okay, sure. Let's see what y'all got. And uh, I ain't gonna lie, the artwork does look pretty dope. Like mm -hmm. Colonel Sanders, ooh, he looking nice. He's, is he like, looking like a snack? He, oh, uh, he looking like he looking like a full course. He looking like a family like dinner. A five dollars. He's still looking, up. Like, <laughs> he's looking like a double yeah. down. You know Wait, what I'm saying? Ben, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Oh, I'm. Oh. Please. Very, very intimately familiar. Please. familiar. So at first I said, okay, sure. Uh, hmm. But the more I thought about it, and you know, KFC is a corporation, and first off, their chicken is bottom tier. Bottom tier. Bottom tier. There, out of all yeah. the chicken joints out there, listen, churches at the top. Good, uh, good, good uh, potato wedges, bad chicken. Yeah, potato wedges is fine. Do you guys do the gravy here? Yes. Okay. I was going to say, have you been to KFC outside of the United States? Because no. I found KFC outside of the U.S. is far better. Yeah. Exactly. It's, okay. not, it's not great. Like, it's not the best chicken you're but ever going to have. But it is way better. Well, and it, it's yeah. such a big deal in Japan. Yeah, like, it's, it's, say, it's Christmas yes. in Japan. It's Yeah, Christmas, Valentine's Day gets like, you have to book a, mm -hmm. a date and all that. Anyway. Also, <laughs> I had Jollibee chicken for the first time. Hell yeah! Give Hell a, yeah. It's, it's it's number two. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Churches, number one. Jollibee, number two. Ooh, uh, number boy. three is Popeyes and there's a bunch of other things. Yeah, but anyway. one three and Bojangles. Oh yeah, you just talking about Bojangles. Bojangles. It's good, it's good. I haven't I, had it, but it sounds sounds good. Yeah. They'll, they'll deep fry your turkey for you for Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, if Jollibee made a visual novel, I will be on that shit. But KFC's making a visual novel. And I thought about it, and it's a, um, a American corporation who's trying to be like, hey, look, we're trying to capitalize on this quirky niche thing. genre. Yeah, yeah I'm, niche I'm right there with you. Like, there's so many yeah. good dating sims and visual novels that people probably haven't played that are going to play this and be like, yeah. ah, funny. Yeah, and like, okay, it's a marketing ploy. And granted, we haven't played it yet, so maybe there's a broader message that's like, oh, you know, it's not all about chicken, you know, it's about love and shit. Well, do you remember that I don't know. KFC VR game? What? What? No. It, okay. I, <laughs> can, uh, somebody, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to Google while I talk. But basically, there was like this 
KFC VR game where you had to make, uh, it was like kind of a training guide on how to make chicken. Internal use only. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. KFC's virtual reality experience playthrough training game. Wow. So yeah, they've been on this like weird genre tip for a minute. Yeah. That's that's what's up. That's That's... what's up. Like I don't know if they got the eleven herbs and spices. Mm. Someone commented on that article on Gamespot and gave the damn recipe, and I'm like, that's what's up. Oh, the actual (laughs) the eleven herbs and spices is on there. You know what I'm saying? I know what. Yeah, and that's good. The problem with KFC chicken is like the chicken isn't isn't great. That's the problem. Yeah. So the source material. Popcorn chicken was really good. Oh, Oh, popcorn chicken was. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, was popping. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, they they have put that recipe in, and then at the end they've written, "This recipe will get you any ladies, fellas." That's not true, but uh, sure, give it a shot. Anyway, like they're doing this visual novel thing, and who knows how it plays out. But my takeaway is that hey, nice. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And my, my takeaway is that there are so many other better visual, great visual novels out there. Because the thing about visual novels is that there's always a message at the end. That's the point. Because yeah. you're playing this, there's no not much gameplay, traditional gameplay to it. So the way it's going to get you is with heart and story and mm-hmm. a message. Like Valhalla is a great visual mm-hmm. novel you should play. Doki Doki. I'm wearing a Doki Doki Literature Club shirt. <laughs> and I didn't even know it. So, so speaking of Doki Doki Literature Club, when that game came out and people kind of got really into it for a while, one thing I remember, at least the discussion I remember being around it, is that this is... People are very excited about this game, but this is only the tip of the iceberg. There are right. so much better visual novels that are way more in-depth, way more interesting, and Doki Doki Literature Club is almost like a gimmick, sort of. And I I, that, I don't know if yeah. I agree with necessarily that it's a gimmick, because I think what it does is fairly interesting, and I had fun with it, I guess you could say that. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think that's a very interesting point, right? Yeah. That that it, it, there are so many other visual novels that are super well done, fleshed out, uh, and meanwhile, you've got KFC. You know, KFC. Like we professionally work in video games and have never even heard of yeah. half of them. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, and there were similar conversa- conversations around DDLC well, when it when it came out. Or like Hotful Boyfriend was another one. Yeah, Hotful yeah. Boyfriend, mm-hmm. and uh, th- those are those are valid too because I don't know. I, my, my takeaway though was like Dan Salvato who made DDLC. Like it, it can't, it's an earnest take on visual novels. Mm-hmm. And, and so was Huddleful Boyfriend. Like, that yeah, was yeah. the thing. Like, it was, you know, I ah, didn't pigeons. It was more than just a meme. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. more than just a meme. Like, yeah. it actually had, like, a lot of heart to it. And it had this whole, like, hidden, true story that got real weird uh, in, like, a good way. And, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, like, there are visual novels that, like, I think that's the thing is that, like, am I expecting this to, like, kind of, like, flip the table and be like, ah, no, actually, this is going to be, like, a super deep, like, visual novel. It's like, no, like, I... I really don't expect this to be anything. Yeah, look, you're gonna hook up with Colonel Sanders, and, and that and that's that. They're gonna the make question is which Colonel. Ooh, I in damn. I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger licking good dating simulator. Gross. Uh, Colonel Sanders is your uh, you. He can choose you to be your his business partner. Uh, or life partner. Or life partner. Um, <laughs> will the Kentucky Fried Chicken mogul choose you to be his business partner? Oh, because you meet at culinary school, or maybe something much more intimate. Throughout your journey, you'll be faced with life-changing decisions that will affect your chances of friendship and love. But be careful. Your choices will have real consequences with real animated characters' feelings at stake. Real consequences? Real consequences. Like real say, animated characters. If I make a bad decision, that will affect my... Dude, Curl's gonna jump out the screen and fucking choke you out, dog. <laughs> Damn. I'd play and... that. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it is It is gonna be free, I think, uh, uh, on Steam. So. I would, I would coming so. <laughs> But, I mean, I, yeah, right. <laughs> like, who's gonna pay for that? It's, it costs as much as a Zynga Tower meal. 
like no, I'd rather spend this money on a double down, and I don't even I don't even make it anymore. You know, so oh, double down, carb conscious uh, option it, for it <laughs> you know, it's a whole lot of meat, and uh, yeah, that's so they're putting out a visual novel, and uh, who knows how it's going to play out. All right, let's go to some questions from our listeners. Remember, you can email uh, after dark after dark podcast at gamespot.com. Jake, do you want to read out this first one? Actually, there's two together, but they are sure. Yeah, uh, I, I can re- read these out. Hey, game spotters! Do any of you get FOMO, otherwise known as fear of missing out? I have a wife and kid, uh, another kid on the way, house, job, and disabled family member I help care for. It is literally impossible for me to find time to enjoy my favorite hobby some of these days, and it can really get me down. Any tips uh, of wisdom for getting over FOMO? This is from Kevin from West Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, we also had another question that was pretty similar that says, "Hello, with the impending mayhem, mayhem of." September and fall releases. How do you guys manage your backlog and decide which games to play first? Love the show so far. Congrats on launching it. Cheers. Uh, that's from Brett. He's actually no, he's a friend of mine. Kevin, uh, I hope because that is a lot, um, and especially if you are looking after a disabled family member, I hope you are also getting the support that you need because that is a lot. Um, and gaming can certainly be a way to sort of escape from mm-hmm. a lot of external mm-hmm. stress for a while. If you don't have a Nintendo Switch, I know a lot of people who are having kids and have a Switch and they say that's the only console they can play because obviously sometimes you have to sleep and your baby is on you um, and you don't want to move them, but you can just like quietly play a Switch. So maybe consider playing different kinds of games on different consoles if you can. Yeah, I I would say that that's to kind of build off that point is um, maybe you can't play the desired game. You know, maybe there is a new release. Mm -hmm. That you want to pour time into but there's plenty of of you know there's a lot of video games out there that you can play especially on the nintendo switch if you want to be specific mm. and it's like try and find something else that might scratch that itch like maybe you know maybe i'm trying i'm trying to think of a game that matches up to it but like maybe you're into this like new kind of semi game it's like oh, okay well actually i never got a chance to play stardew valley and go mm. back and find a game that isn't quite the same, but it'll scratch the same kind of itch, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to play a shooter, there's probably an old shooter from, like, three years ago that you missed out on, and for some reason or another, um, I find that's a really good way of, like, of just finding those equivalent... Like, yes, I'm not playing the thing, but I'm scratching that itch. Mm-hmm. Right? They put Deadly Premonition out on the Switch. Now's the time. Now's the there it is. Uh, I didn't get to mention it, but I've been playing that, and ooh, it's the best version of that game Take after what you will. <laughs> Is that true? Because I know they were having like some frame rate issues and they stuff. They were having some frame rate issues driving. The worst part was the... Oh, they made the driving worse somehow? Yeah, the driving's, the driving's worse. Holy uh, shit! It's weird, like the combat's better, but, but then the driving's, the driving's worse. It's like the driving's... I think the speed I think of the it was car- all calculated. I think the speed <laughs> of the car is tied to the frame rate because it was like oh, literally no. impossible oh. to beat a, a racing challenge because of how slow you were moving because of the frame rate. Uh, and also they had a bunch of audio issues, which they did patch, they actually. Have fixed. They okay. have fixed. Um, but I will still say, that's the best version of that game. You should hey. play it. Don't, don't play Deadly No, play, play Deadly Premonition. Don't play Deadly Play, <laughs> play Deadly Premonition. It's yeah. an experience worth having. Yes. That's so you should play it. Yeah. So I, you should okay. watch the Giant Bomb Endurance Run, <laughs> GiantBomb.com, <laughs> Deadly Premonition. I did, and then I bought it, and I played it again. I know, me too. <laughs> I, I wonder if this is an, that's also an answer to this question, is that, you know, 
what if there's i don't know if uh, if this person's into let's players but maybe yeah, watching yeah. people play a certain game that uh, i don't have the time to dedicate to that but there's straight up also like no commentary playthroughs you can find yeah. for most games out there yeah if you just want the raw mm -hmm. experience of yeah. it well, i don't oh. know if that would that would be yeah does that scratch that itch but if it, if, if it does give a shot, you know, yeah. there's a great endurance. It's great out there. for games like, you know, uh, Life is Strange or like we were just mm -hmm. mentioning, um, you know, visual novels like Doki Doki Literature sure. Club, yeah. like games like that where you can maybe like the act of, of like controlling the characters in the point of the game, but like the story. And it's yeah. like right. just, that's where you want to experience. Let's Plays are a good way to do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you have a family, are there games you could play with your wife oh, and your child? Yeah. Um, I don't know how old they are. Um, but, you know, if you have a relatively young kid getting Minecraft and doing yeah. some split screen. And, and like that's if, an easy one to drop in and out of. Yeah. And if it's if your wife isn't necessarily a gamer, there are games that you can certainly more, like you just said, visual novels, story-based games that are easier for non-gamers to sort of latch onto. And so maybe you can scratch your itch that way. I know FOMO is really tough when it's all your kind of immediate group of friends are talking about. Yeah. Especially it's tough in the office, right? Because... So yeah. we'll get a game early and they'll be talking about how excited they are. I mean, with Control right now, oh, right? Yeah. Well, Luke's hearing that, about it. And that's why this week has been, like, it's been so nice to have my mom here. I want, can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. But being unable to actually sit and play anything while everyone else around me is like, oh my god, yeah. I finished Control. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, I'll do it next weekend. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I played 15 minutes of Fire Emblem, so. Yeah, I did one battle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say to don't feel the need to finish every game. I know that's kind of difficult too because a lot of people spend their hard-earned money on video games. Uh, but especially if you're if you want to play all of these games that are coming out during fall and you plan on buying them, uh, I mean maybe don't buy all of them. Maybe see if you can borrow from a friend. Uh, but another thing too is like I kind of got over that feeling where it's like if I buy a game, I have to finish this game uh, because a lot of games. You know, I'll get halfway through and I'm like, I've seen enough of this game. I'm not right. interested in yeah. continuing uh, rather than force myself through this game that, you know, sure, I may like, but I'm not fully enjoying. I might yeah. as well jump on something else that uh, I want to stay up to date on, something that interests me a little bit more. Uh, and I know, that, once again, that's a little tricky, right? Because a lot of people, you know, they're only buying one game a month or mm -hmm. they're coming to these games a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I... I that that would be my oh. biggest advice. Yeah, maybe maybe check out like Game Pass. You know, that's that's a really good yeah. way to like yeah. just go through a bunch of games. Like, obviously, not play through all the game a bunch of games quickly, but you know, play the first fifteen minutes of this game. Don't like it? Great, move on to the next one, and then find that one that either uh, holds the interest of your family, or you know, is something you can do in in like the the little bit of spare time that you have. I want to give a really quick shout out. Um, to a point Lucy made, there's um, specifically a game that I think is incredible for playing with your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever who doesn't play games, and that is Unraveled 2. Oh, mm. yeah. It is an incredible co-op game because there is straight up a button in there that you can press if you are player 2 or player 1 to latch on to the other person and have them do the work. Like if there's a tricky platforming thing mm -hmm. that you can't get past or whatever, you can just straight up be like, carry me. Literally carry yeah. me. <laughs> that is a game I played with my partner who does not play any video games and we had a blast. Yeah. Knack 2 does that as well. Oh yeah. yeah Shouts yeah, out yeah. to Knack 2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been has gotta do that. Yeah. <laughs> Knack 3 uh, any me, day now. Hey, me and, me and Mark Cerny out here. Speaking PS5 the launch title. Knack 3. <laughs> uh, I've, I've gotten really selective over what I play over the years. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know. I spend a lot more time thinking about Am I going to like this or not? It's not necessarily the best way to go about it, but you know, you got higher chances of landing on something that you do like, especially if you're spending money on games. You know, I'm just like, ah, 
I'm, I know I'm going to like that, so I'm going to get into that. So it's just one thing to think mm-hmm. about. You know, don't feel the pressure. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. You know, you can pass on it. And it's, ain't no back when it's cheaper. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I think another quick addendum, I know we want to move on, but I don't keep a backlog anymore. I don't have like a list of games that I'm trying to get through. Never I kinda, look back. I yeah. just kind of gave that up. It's like, well, you know, <sighs> like there, there are a couple games I can think of off the top of my head that I do want to go back and play, but I don't have like a list of games where it's like, all right, got to make sure I get through this and this and this. And I this. still have that. I definitely have that. I have Especially because our I game of the year to, thing is such a And that's the other thing too. Thing. Game of the year is where I'm like, all right, this weekend, I'm going to try to get through all these games. I think the one game off the top of my head that I do really want to go back and play is near. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh shit. All right. New Everyone game. has said that's like one of the best games they've ever played. Transformative like, right. media experience near Automata. Exactly. So this, that's Say the that. one off the top of my head that I'm like, at some point, this is in my backlog and I want to get back and play it. But we'll see if that happens. It's, at least while I'm yeah, it's, it's really cool spot because, man, it is tough to go back and play an old game here. Sure, yeah. Mine's mm-hmm. Judgment for that right now. Ooh, Ooh, I really want to get into me that. Me too. Yeah, that f- game's good. F- I did The Witcher 3, so I've done mine. Oh yeah. I never played. Well, I never played The Witcher. Don't say that to Jake, man. I played like 20 minutes. I'll play it on Switch. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Michael, do you want to read this one? I can't read. Which one is this? Uh, hey, everyone. Dear GameSpot, yep. I can't read. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. Sub, sub since day one and really enjoying the content. Earlier this year, after f- falling? Falling yeah. down a YouTube rabbit hole, I came across a review for a PS2 game named Rule of Rose. It's one of the few, one of a few games I have fully finished. The controls and combat system are terrible, and the story is very dark. Apparently, the game is worth over three hundred dollars in good condition, so I sold my copy and ended up getting three twenty-five for it and put it towards a ho- my house down. Wow! Hell yeah! House Hell. down payment. Oh, all right, let's get it. Definitely not in the Bay Area. <laughs> Hell no! Three twenty-five gets you lunch or some shit. <laughs> Barely. What treasures have you stumbled upon? Not even just video games, but any cool thing you own that ends up being worth more than you paid. I've got a very fresh one for this. Uh, I recently um, did a little video with uh, Jan Cho over at Giant Bomb where I went back home uh, a couple weekends ago and found my old like trading card binder. Um, and it's like, you know, half Pokemon, a bunch of Star Wars cards, shit like that. Just like random booster packs I would find. But I had a uh, uh, an autographed uh, Simpsons card that was a hand-drawn, hand-colored uh, uh, card, like, signed and numbered from a dude, the dude who would go on to, like, direct Wreck-It Ralph and shit. And that card, there's, like, uncolored versions of that color card ugh, worth $125, and I have a colored one. So, like, that, that's going to be worth a pretty penny. Yeah. But you know what? I'm never going to get rid of it. No. It was just like my prized childhood possession. I was such a big Simpsons guy and I got this rare thing that I could, I could never detach never with that. With yeah. I don't think I have anything. I have, I have like one collector's item that I absolutely adore and I will never part with. And I have, so when Bioshock Infinite came out, they did the, the Vigors, the proper, oh. and I oh. have the Murder of Crows one, which oh. is the one that they never sold. It was like a press exclusive one. And so I was looking this up when I saw this question. And because all of the other Vigors were like really, uh, like they were a couple hundred dollars and they only made a certain amount, they are going for like 600 bucks. Yo. But I am such a Bioshock fan that i will never ever part with mine i'll give you 100 right now absolutely not. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even bring it. It's back at my 75. mom's. It's at my mom's. 300. 60. 60 bucks. Yeah, no. 60 bucks. Um, 
But other than that, like all the stuff that I buy, I would never say has actually like yeah, appreciated in value in any. My Beanie Baby collection. Let me tell hey, you. Hey, you mean my <laughs> retirement fund? <laughs> wow. That question also, uh, Rachel from Michigan, mm -hmm. and she also said, "P.S. Uh, Mindhunter season two. God, oh, phenomenal. Oh, I feel so bad for all the Mind Hunters. Shout out to Rachel. Shout out to Rachel. Uh, Jake, John Luke, you got anything that you? Uh, it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, I mean, no. like you, I have things that I mostly have gotten through like press events that yeah. I don't think I'll ever sell that are probably worth a lot. Like I have the the the, the cyberpunk jacket. Which is yeah. pretty recent. I have the cyberpunk statue too that they gave two years ago. Um, I don't know, just various signed things that I'm sure would be worth more than than I got them for, but I don't think I'd yeah. sell. I had I had mad ba uh, basketball cards growing up. I had a mm. Vince Carter rookie Ooh. rookie card. Vince Carter's still playing. That fool's like 45 and still dunking on fools, man. Vince Carter. I had a hol. I don't know if they call it holographic. holographic. I had a holographic. <laughs> I had a Vince foil Carter. Vince. Yeah, I had hell of Michael Jordan cards. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse. All the old school ballers from the not the Attitude Era, but there was like the, in the <laughs> '90s, basketball was wild. Oh my god, the NBA was wild. Mm. And I was hell into it. And I had a lot of good basketball cards. I think would be worth. They were worth something back in the day. Mm -hmm. These are all my brother's stuff, but he like gave me some. Mm. And uh, yeah, I picked out all my favorite players. I bet that stuff is. Pretty valuable, but I have no idea where they are anymore. I bought my first like Magic the Gathering booster pack in probably three years, like two weeks ago, and I got mm -hmm. a $20 card in it. That's hey. pretty cool. I bought that for $3 hey. and I pulled it. And I was like, this is probably rare. And I looked it up and it was $20. And I'm like, sick. This will this will go in my deck that I'll never ever use. <laughs> hey, slang that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't have anything, but uh, I always you don't have anything. No, I don't have anything. <laughs> I live in a box. Uh, hey, San Francisco, man. San Francisco, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I always hear a story about. When my grandparents first moved to America, it was like late 50s, early 60s. Apparently, the attic had just boxes of like golden age uh, comic books oh, and they shit. just threw them out. <gasps> oh, oh, no. And, uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <sighs> otherwise, I don't think I have anything. Yeah, now you, now you live in a box. Now <laughs> I live in a box. Those could have, those could have paid me through college. I don't yeah. even, I wouldn't have to work here. Had those. Oh. My my dad used to be big into eBay, and what he'd do is he'd go to garage sales and buy old board games that were incomplete, and then he'd find other ones and combine them and complete them. And there was this one game that he I don't remember what it was called, but he'd buy it. He'd like spend like forty bucks getting it, and then flip it on eBay for like five hundred dollars. Wow! And he made this like a business for for like three years straight. This is all he'd do, and his joke was, "This is your college." This is your college oh, tuition wow. right here. But Mr. He did Decker. That. I know. He he was so into that. Like, that was his hobby. Just buying board games, finishing them, and selling them for, like, quadruple. Sometimes, like, I think he sold one for, like, $5,000. Whoa. ridiculous. There's some random board game that he found and was like, "Wow, I found two copies. I'll put them together. And oh, damn. Cool. Respect the hustle. Yeah. Uh, last one, Mario DDR. That shit's, like, oh, $200 yeah. more. Mm. Oh, yeah. damn. All right, Ben, can you read out this next one? <clears throat> hey there after dark crew i love the show and find it to be relaxing and funny which is a great way to make my work day go by and keep my mood up my question for the show is have you ever had an idea for a game and what would it be myself personally i would love to see a secret of nymph style game where you are a small insect or mammal roaming a yard with different colonies think open world but someone is mowing the lawn so there is an expiration to these colonies and you have a timer like Dead Rising. 
Just my idea I've had while listening and also mowing my lawn. Thanks and much love. <laughs> Justin from Northwood, New Hampshire. I don't think I've ever had an idea. Oh, well, I did think one time that um, I was very surprised that there wasn't like a VR game where you played as uh, Avengers characters and then they announced Iron Man VR. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. I want a being John Malkovich VR game where you get to be John Malkovich. <laughs> Being being John Malkovich. Yeah, being being John Malkovich. I have a million. Like I, I used to literally just spend. I I I would go to my grandparents' house after school, uh, every day, at, like elementary school, and just sit there and like draw what I thought would be video games and like stuff. box art and stuff like that. Totally, I did that when just I was a all kid. this stuff. The one that I always kept coming back to was a um game where you're like a robot you build a robot design a robot and then you fight other robots this is probably around the time i was playing like a lot of custom robo i played a lot of that game that Hell game yeah. was sick that game rules remember when it opens up and it's like you're in the dome and you go yeah. to the post apoc anyways wait did uh, you guys have robot wars here oh yeah was this around the same time <laughs> roughly around the same time uh but my whole thing was like uh you would like beat the shit out of all these robots that you're fighting and then just like pick up the arm from the robot that you just killed and put it on yourself and then you get a new arm for your robot and a mech loot powers. Shooter. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, honestly, it was something like that. That was always the one I kept like refining and going back and it had the whole plot. It was uh, very anime. I guess the serious idea I had was for a like a, a 5v5 multiplayer game, kind of like Siege, but there'd kind of be a third party that was just messing with it uh so so like maybe not necessarily a player be maybe like ai but like one person would get directions to like team kill or something like that but the rest of the team wouldn't know and he'd oh. kill or, or like maybe maybe you were trying to like grab the objective and some like random figure picked up the objective and moved it in front of you and no one else saw it and you're like like talking to your friends like did you guys just see that and they're like what are you talking about oh, okay. and That's then like cool. maybe like the more you uh, invest in this game the weirder it gets and there's like it's a like plot it'd be like an it. arkham horror yeah it's sort of thing. like that it was like I, for a while there i was like i can't share this idea because it's gonna <laughs> be gonna take it's, it's gonna be great but please <laughs> someone make this game i think it could be cool yeah i, I think, think you need to recuse yourself from that covering it though yeah yeah, yeah y'all just giving out all your damn ideas out there into the into the ether <laughs> yeah. um this isn't necessarily something like i would want to make but i want to play is uh, like a low poly immersive sim that's why I like jazz punk so much because it was oh, almost like yeah. that, mm -hmm. uh, but like a fully realized world with like a 40 hour, 40 hour campaign, like mad choices that you can make and mad co basically Deus Ex if it was made in like a 30 flights of loving art style. That's all. That's what yeah. I want. That's pretty good. I always wanted a, a Harry Potter RPG where you start like year one and you go all the way through year seven. Ah. Like, Something like, leaked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah this yeah, yeah. I think I don't think that's you saw year one though. I think you, yeah, from, from the leak I, it looked I feel like, like it's like, not going to be exactly yeah. what I wanted because I wanted it like. Like in the structure of Bully, where it's like you can go to oh, class if you want, but then yeah. you can skip and like a persona almost too. Yeah, like, like a little yeah. persona element, like a day by day. You yeah, can go that sounds really and, good. Yeah, like I've good. always thought. I think more games since playing Fire Emblem, I think more games really need to adopt that yeah. like persona style of. It doesn't need to be Harry Potter. Like at this point, like I don't care about that Harry <laughs> Potter anymore, really, to be honest. But uh, just that that idea, like Little Witch Academia. There you go. Do do a Little Ooh. Witch Academia. Yo, is, they're is, doing a Little Witch Academia game. Yeah, but is it going to be... It's like a th 3D arena fighter. Like uh, all the, like all yeah. the oh, really? games are. Man, that's not really what isn't I want. there a game that like Chuckle... I think it's Chuckle... Oh, Fate yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's, that's the, like that. the oh. new Stardew. It's the Stardew team, isn't yes. it? Yeah, it is a Stardew. That, okay. that might actually be yeah. what I'm looking for. I, I feel like if anyone's going to pull that off, it's probably the Stardew team. Yeah. They I released the design document for it. I don't think it's a few the same weeks team, ago. though. I don't, oh, it's the same. It's the same team either, but... Chucklefish. Yeah. Yeah. 
hope they're getting paid. But it's the same. Ooh. But it's the same like art style and yeah. But they re- they released a design document and you can read it. They just straight up released it, which is cool. Uh, John Link, do you want to read another question? Sure. Hey, Game Spartans. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Spartans. Spartans. Game Spartans. <laughs> No. Loving the podcast so far. Keep up the awesome work. Maybe you guys could get some interviews with developers or something on the show. Hmm. Gonna try. I, I just pitched a game, so yeah, <laughs> there you go. We got one right here. <laughs> anyway, I got a question for you guys to try and know more about you as journalists slash critics. I don't know if I call myself a, yeah, a journalist. Yeah, I'm not that. Uh, given an unlimited budget and unlimited time, what would be the article slash video slash interview that you would like to produce? Thanks, guys. Jack from Wales, UK. I want to understand World of Tanks. I'd like there is a really I've good heard some things. Yeah, yeah I've heard I some think things we've too. all heard some things. <laughs> there is an article that Steve Hogarty did, um, I think on PC Games and a few years ago, where he went to Russia um, to visit the uh, the wargaming offices and. He got mugged on that trip, first of all. And oh, so, I've but, read this. Yeah, and it's yeah. a phenomenal piece. But he also talks about how weird it is going around that studio because no one's there. But they have things like a shoe shine and just what? burly security guards guarding rooms. But there doesn't seem to be anyone inside this office. It's really weird. Um, but will the, like Wargaming to me is this bizarre entity. And I, I guess part of it is because I don't know that many people who are into it. But they always throw these huge parties and at like mm-hmm. Gamescom and E3, they always have such mm-hmm. huge um, booths and stuff. But it also remains like every time I've ever had any interactions with like playing that game or the dev team or anything, it's like, what? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just a, it's just like a really weird. And maybe it's because it's just not big in England or whatever, but. I don't think I've met anyone who's played. Yeah. Tanks, except like maybe my dad was like my, my stepdad was running a world of tanks clan oh, and he's wow. like he's so like, it's just dads yeah. then yeah world of tanks is a dad ass game <laughs> dad my dad's still <laughs> Say, my dad's dad still ass. into mist so. but no i mean i would just love to understand more about it but also talk about wargaming but also the thing that i i love working on here is audio logs which is getting developers just to tell stories and that's really cool I have like a wish list of people that I want to talk to for that. Yeah. That's probably, I mean, I feel like Japanese developers are mm. the most notoriously closed off mm-hmm. um, and the hardest to get. Unless it's Suda51 and he is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just the most. bar with him. Well, he, well, even when we shot audio logs with him earlier this year, he was like dicking on, not dicking on EA, but he was talking about when they were doing um, Shadow of the Damned. Shadow of the Damned. And they had to go through like a bunch of revisions on the script. And then at the end, he was like, Maybe EA, next time you just okay the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Talking mad spicy, yeah. yo. Suda 51. Yeah, I mean, I like de- developers like, you know, like uh, from software. Oh, like, closed yeah. off. Like, that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. I'd really like a like a proper look at Kojima Productions. Not, not yeah. just like Kojima. Like, I really want to see, like, how does that studio operate? Because, like, you always hear about, like, Kojima and he's, like, the facing. I want to know, like, what's, like, the just the day-to-day... Like, how do you make a Kojima game? I want to talk to, like, the programmers and, mm. like, like every level of that studio, not just Kojima. Like, yeah, in like, fact, like I, almost, like, I almost don't want to talk to Kojima. I want to talk to everyone but Kojima. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Uh, mine would probably be, like, I, I would love to get into the history of Evo. Just, like, uh, you know, mm. it started at, it was called, like, Battle 
Battle of the Bay or Battle by the Bay was like the very first one way back in the day. And it was, you know, like a 36 person tournament in uh, Milpitas or something, some, somewhere around here. And now it's this like thing that, you know, 50,000 people go to. They have their finals in Mandalay Bay. And this is within like 20 years. Um, it's it, to me. As somebody who follows a lot of esports and, and competitive gaming, it's like the one that seems the most organic. Uh, the fighting game community is like, it's, it's almost like this ragtag sort of, you know, there's a lot of, like, everyone has their own game, but they all come together in the name of fighting games. And to me, that's a really cool setup to hear about, like, who are the people that fostered this? You know, what what kind of people, and we got to kind of do a little bit of this, um, not last Evo, but the, the one before that uh, with Giant Bomb, but just like, you know what is it what what has that journey been it's really interesting and talk to players like people who dedicate their lives to this like people like uh like daigo who have transcended becoming a player into becoming just like a representative of fighting games you know just like i'm here to spread the good word of competitive gaming like he has a manga he has a book you know he's got all this shit like how did you how did you start in the arcade and end up here it's, it's a fascinating story to me did you see no no clips documentary stay free i think is what it was yeah called. Team spooky. Yeah, that, yeah that that that's i don't know that's focused on one person mostly right. but that was still like as someone who is not interested in fighting games almost at all except for super smash bros and even then i wasn't watching evo uh, i wasn't watching the matches at evo but i thought that was super fascinating and how just how much evo has changed over the years and how like you're saying it just started out as a ragtag sort of get together yeah yeah uh for me, I'd probably just, I'd want to know the dynamic between uh, the the modern Persona era of uh, Shigenori, Sojima, um, Katsura Hashino, and Shoji Meguro. And I just want to know, like, from three, four to five, even like some of them who've worked on two and one, mm. just like, where do you get these ideas from? And that's because I, you know, that's the thing I care most about. So that's what I would do. But, mm. you know, and it also it's hard to get a hold of those. Those folks. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wish I met Sojima at the the Alice Art event, but I yes. hadn't realized that he was going to be there. And I know I would have. Yeah. I saw those tweets that you, uh, Lucy, yeah. and Tamar, and I was like, I could get on a, I could get on a plane. I could just go. I could just, yeah. go. I could just go down. I could go there. That'd be great. No, I he, he was very, very cool. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Man, Jake. Uh, hmm. There's one, but I don't really want to talk about because he's doing. Maybe what? we'll see. We'll see. All right, all right. But but. I, I think other than that, like I'm super interested in the modding community, especially with the Elder Scrolls games. Mm -hmm. And I've done some stuff with this already, like with uh, Beyond Skyrim and Sky Oblivion and the uh, Fallout Cascadia and um, Miami mods. Mm -hmm. uh, but it would be, I, I, I'm super interested in those people and how they do that because they're not getting paid. They do it because they love Bethesda games. They, they want to make something as good, if not better than what Bethesda has done. And I also think that relationship with Bethesda is super interesting because say what you will about Bethesda. I know people love Duncan on Bethesda these days, but they are so open with that. And they, they, they don't necessarily work directly with these modders, but they offer them support when they're stuck and they essentially let people like, like the fact that they just pretty much open up their engine for free and people can yeah. do whatever they mm -hmm. want. And, there are some mods out there that are better than what Bethesda has done. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, maybe the production qual value isn't quite as high as what you'd see in a Bethesda proper game. Um, but but yeah, some of those stories are so interesting. And uh, 
some people are covering them, but I think there's a lot more to cover. I think yeah. that would be because if you're talking like unlimited time and budget, something where you like follow it from like beginning to end, because you have those mod projects that take like a decade or plus, like um, uh, Black Mesa, the Half Life <laughs> remake in the Half Life Two engine, that has. I think that is fine. Like the Zen, uh, their version of Zen, which is like the last section of Half Life, is finally coming out. Maybe this year, hopefully. Mm-hmm. I think. And I remember seeing a trailer for Black Mesa in like 2009. That was like coming next year, and it's like then it didn't come out next year, and then it was like three years after that is when they released, you know, the first part of that game. But it still didn't have Zen, and now it's like nine years later. They're finally getting down to Zen. And so it's like, I would love to follow something where like from the very, very beginning mm-hmm. all the way up until like that release. Cause it's like so many like different hands have touched it. I imagine like yeah, how the, much of the original people. The who only issue that is project, that most of those projects don't ever finish. Right. Like, I know. Right. Like that's, so, so you have to have that foresight that like, it's a this bit will gamble, eventually right? get finished. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and, and that's like always the joke with these mods. Like the ones I've covered is they're not going to get finished. They, they'll, they'll mm-hmm. have a really good idea. And it's also interesting because they have to share what they're doing with these mods very early on. Like, you know, most games when they get through the, uh, or when they start doing their, um, like, I don't know, when they start marketing the game, the game is almost done for the most part. There, there, there are examples where that's not the case, but with these, they have to do it at the very beginning because they need, they need people to help Mm -hmm. them. They need, they need, they need designers. They need people to make assets. They need 3d artists. They need, uh, composers. They just need all this stuff right away. So, People get impatient, but at the same time, you also have to consider that there's a reason why it's like this. And I know it sucks because you're very excited to play every single continent in Skyrim or whatever, but that's going to take a long, 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 long time. And once again, they're not getting paid. So it's mm-hmm. like you kind of you kind of can't be on them about that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That just about does it uh, for this oh, episode man. of GameSpot After Dark. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, for catching our Nirvana the Band the Show reference uh, that we did in last week's episode. I heard it too. Yeah. For the record. You damned me about that. It's it's a video that is played. Well, sometimes I'll just walk past Matt Espinelli and he's just watching it and smiling to himself. <laughs> um, uh, remember, if you have any questions, email them to afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com. Um, we have a backlog. Um, if we didn't get to it this week, we have read it it's on the list um we're just kind of working our way through because we want to make sure we can answer as many of them as we possibly can we're catching up we're almost caught up almost caught up so keep sending them in um okay let's go around the room where can you find everyone start with jake uh at jacob deck on twitter michael p hi on twitter hit me up what's up pack ben pack on twitter.com john luke on twitter.com <laughs> and on Twitter.com. I'm at Lucy James Games. Shout out to Twitter. Hell yeah. Well, if you go to uh, which Muni station, which Bart station is it? They have like this. Ow. Yeah, they have a weird uh, Twitter takeover yeah. there right now. And it's, yeah. one of them was like, Twitter is the place where we live our lives or something. Oh my <laughs> God. So if you look out on the, uh, the YouTube.com slash GameSpot Universe, which is our entertainment brand, you will see a trailer for uh, the new show that I've been working on. Um, since I've been in the States with our host, Kurt Indovina. So it's like his first big thing that he's done here been at here GameSpot. For how long now? He's been here <laughs> since like February. I feel so bad. He did a couple of things at E3 for us and he's been on a couple of videos, but this is... Five Nights at Freddy's video. <laughs> the Five Nights at Freddy's video. <laughs> um, so he's... Uh, we're kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit on that show. 
this Sunday and then it starts properly on September 22nd. But if you follow us on Twitter, you'll see us shouting about it from the rooftops because we're very excited. I've um, seen some rough cuts and they're very good. Thank you. I don't know if I can say that though. You can say it's good. Please okay. say it's good. <laughs> very good. I didn't say good, Lucy. I said very good. He said very good for the record. Yeah. But they were rough cuts. They were rough cuts. Um, if I could plug one yeah. video of my choosing, uh, check out giantbomb.com. Go to our YouTube, Giant Bomb, uh, on there and check out uh, Get On My Level. It's a show where me and Dan Reichert play through really hard Mario Maker levels made by our community. And if people win, they get a free month of Giant Bomb Premium. It's a really fun show. And this week in particular had a lot of really nail-biting action. If you like Mario, check it out. It's fun. Anyone else want to pimp anything? There's a there's a, a big Warframe documentary. Mm. Ooh. It's a long mm-hmm. one that I'm working on with Mike Mahardy. That should And Max oh, sure. Blumenthal is helping out on that. Mm-hmm. Uh I know very little about Warframe, but it's interesting. The documentary is interesting. That game has um, such a wild life. It's, it's strange. And that's what this documentary is about. It's about how much it's changed over the years, how much the industry has changed like around. Because they're essentially doing the same thing they've been doing seven years. They've just been doing more of what they've been doing. But the industry has changed so much. And they are still like, I don't know, 50 million people yeah. have played that oh, game, yeah. which is more than Overwatch. absolutely insane. Uh, so that'll be very interesting. It should be done hopefully end of next week, but it's a long one, so we'll see. Michael, what? Oh shit! My bad. <laughs> <Damn. into> p- <laughs> he's spacing out. He's ready to go to bed. No, it's, dog, no, it's no, ten no. to seven. I'm no, ready to go um, to bed. I'm I'm all over the place, man. I'm doing a lot of things. I sometimes I do video things. Sometimes mm-hmm. I write. Sometimes I'm just editing all day. Sometimes I'm just watching anime and all other kinds of things. Um, yeah, that mm-hmm. too. You know, trying to curate, but. Uh, I'm really trying to get, uh, trying to plug away at. I did a interview in, uh, at Evo for Undernight Inbirth, and I really want to tell that story. Yeah. It's been it's a very long transcript. It's a very good conversation, but trying to frame it and get that thing to a place where it all makes sense is a lot of work. Uh, but I hope to see it through by the end of next week. I haven't seen a second of this, but I co-signed it 100. percent Oh shit! That, thanks, Ben. You know, so, yeah. Uh, I don't have any personal projects I want to pimp, so instead I want to say, go play River City Girls. I didn't have a chance to talk about it, but that game's really cool. It is. Uh, It's like... It's kind of like insane that it exists. It makes like a ton of like references to like the original River City Ransom and a bunch of games that like never even came out in America. Like it's, it's a really cool game and I think it's like absolutely worth your time. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Peace. Later. Let's go.